And now, live in studio, cutting through your typical media nonsense and offering you a rational and unbiased perspective on current events and life in Tampa Bay. He's a successful entrepreneur, published author, top listing agent, a real estate and finance expert that goes to bat for you every day as a consumer advocate. Your host and the consumer quarterback, Brandon Rhymes. Yes, welcome in. This is the Consumer Quarterback Show. I am the backup QB, Anthony the Pug Puglisi. Okay, I am the executive producer here, filling in for Brandon while he takes a little vacation. We still got a good show for you today, very informative, helping you win in any marketplace. Uh, I got a couple guests in here today. First guest, I have Abraham Musa, president of Total Title Solutions. How are we doing? Great. Thank you for having me back. Oh, every anytime, man. I love having you in here. Seriously, I can't believe you guys keep inviting me. Yeah, you know, we we run out of options sometimes and <laughs> just throw you in there. <laughs> we also have William Crowley in the house, a.k.a. the credit magician working for National Credit Restoration Assistance. Hey, hey, hey. I'm back and, back and ready to go, baby. So, you know, William, with the National Credit Restoration Assistance, it's it's a good way for a lot of people to pull back up out from essentially a hole that they thought they'd never dig out of. How, what made you actually want to get into that? I've been in the lending industry for, I guess, a number of years, and uh, seeing a lot of people when they come in, you know, people always say the first thing they say that, hey, I didn't know that was on my credit report. I didn't know that was on my credit report. That's not mine. And I was never late, and all kinds of, you know, all kinds of excuses. Then I ran into a company at the time uh, called International Credit Repair, and they were saying that uh, the people probably are right, but they don't know exactly how to, I guess, scientifically approach it. So they told us to read the Fair Credit Reporting Act. All lenders should be familiar with the Fair Credit Reporting Act because it's there to help their consumers, right? you know, to uh, deal with uh, certain issues that are on the report and to be able to, you know, to be proactive in dealing with some of that stuff. But the lenders, it's to their advantage that they're familiar with the Fair Credit Reporting Act so they can, ex- you know, extend that information to their clients and let the clients know. But, I, you know, me as a, being in lending... I wasn't even familiar with the Fair Credit Reporting Act, so I was kind of kicking myself in the butt when um, when I heard uh, this company telling me that, you know, as a lender, what do you know about the Fair Credit Reporting Act? This can help turn around a lot of those clients that have negative issues on their credit, no matter how it got there. Right, so well, it was great for me to hear that. And so when I read it, it was amazing. I do know it used to be a lot harder to know, actually. Like you were saying, a lot of people, I don't know. I didn't know that was on yeah. my credit. You know, now... There's plenty of plenty. Place, places to go to check your credit. Right. Uh, the government passed a thing where they have to, I think it's every six months, correct? Where right. they well, every in six 06, months. It depends on the state. But for the most part, you get a 12-month access to a free credit report. There's the, the number of them out there. But I tell people usually either annualcreditreport.com, uh, Credit Karma, or Credit Check Total. Now, Credit Check Total, it, there's going to be a fee if you uh, uh, go past the seven-day trial. But most of them are, you know, they give out – Good information. Right. Okay, I'm not going to say it's excellent information. It's good information, but I don't. I tell people, don't ever pay t- too much attention to the scores. Well, it is a good way, essentially, for them to go in and go, oh, okay, there is something on there I didn't know was there, mm-hmm. or, or there is something that Check. I want to dispute as far as on right. my credit report. Now I can go, essentially, to you right. to, to show me what I need to do to get it right. That was a good, yeah, that's exactly right. So people, there's no excuse now. So people should, everybody should have access to one of these free credit agencies or one of these low-cost uh, credit reporting agencies where they can get the, get the information ahead of time. 
and then you can take the necessary action to straighten out your credit. I tell people never go in front of the lender with bad credit. Look at your credit first, and then you can make a determination on what you need to address before you go in front of that lender because it makes the consumer look bad. You know, you, or you're not prepared. You're trying to get a loan, and you didn't know that this information was on your credit. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> most, for sure. Um, most credit card companies I've seen lately, though, they're providing a free credit report to you just by being one of their members, like um, Chase. Bank okay. of America, they're all offering, actually, oh, yeah. free credit reports. Well, I think once one company does it, they're all eventually going to jump on board. Yeah. So American <clears throat> Express, for example, says, hey, we'll give you a free credit report. And people were like, oh, wow, I really want to know mm-hmm. about that. Because that is something that recently, and by recently, you know, the last few years or so, people have been getting more and more interested in is actually viewing their credit report. Right. Like, but also, I'd like to say that those free online line of websites uh, for credit reports, they aren't that accurate, especially the score. Okay, uh, you could take, you could print that out and have a score of seven hundred with Credit Karma. You walk into a dealer or a lender, they're going to pull their own report because they know that these reports aren't that accurate. Well, okay? me and you had that conversation actually the last time <laughs> right. you were in here. <laughs> right. I brought mine up, and I was like, "Whoa, that score looks a little different than what I was expecting." I, well, right. You need to check this out for me. Cause right. <laughs> so it could, it could be a fifty to one hundred fifty point swing in either direction. Wow. You know, and that's a huge difference huge especially difference, when you're you know? talking to get a loan for anything a car right, a house right. anything so i just you know i tell people just use them to you know kind of get a, a a snapshot of where you think you're at okay but um you still it gives you enough information where you can take the necessary action to do whatever you got to do but i think the biggest problem is the score i think the information matches up uh but the score is the one that's the real problem. And they've been recently sued. I think it was Equifax and TransUnion and or TransUnion that was sued earlier this year because they were giving the, these free sites were giving out totally different scores than what the uh, the lenders had with their internal uh, scoring system. Well, why did people go again, you know, uh, go after the credit agencies themselves rather than the place oh, yeah. they were pulling the well, score be- from? Be- because the credit agency is the one that's giving them, giving them the information. They're getting that information from the credit agency. Okay. Okay. And so the credit agencies were the ones they were giving different information. Okay. Uh And especially that score. Okay. And and it really threw people off because you could have the same content on both reports, the one that the credit reporting agency gives to the lenders and the one they give to the consumer. But then the scoring was different. And then when you go in to get the loan, it's like they're grading on a whole different criteria. Abe, how often have you seen something like that? Somebody start going through the process of buying a house and thinking they're, you know, have no no problems. They go and find a house that they really like without getting pre-approved, which I know on this program they've talked a lot about getting pre-approved and how important it is. But then, for example, me seeing, oh, I have a 725 credit score and then going to actually get that approval and the deal falling through because your score is not what you thought it was. Many, many things can cause the deal to go through, but there is a misconception between pre-approval and pre-qualification. Pre-qualification is one thing to say, okay, you know, I'm able to pay my bills based on what I just told my loan officers. But mm-hmm. after all, it has to go through um, the pre-approval process. And I've seen deals, actually, and this is literally happens in real, in real life because of the credit score you're talking about. So my score was, let's say, 700 the night before, and I'm good. I'm going to close the deal tomorrow. It's fantastic. And then I got so excited, I go buy this big TV from Best Buy, and I finance it. And bam, I dropped my credit score down, and then the deal's canceled. Literally, this have happened at the table. Well, I mean, I know that there's a lot of talk, too, about if you're going to make a big purchase, 
for example, a car or a house, not to throw your money around when it when it's around that time. And that's exactly no. like what you're saying, because it adjusts your credit score and could change the outcome of you getting that ha- said house or a car. That that is a, this is not that is absolutely <laughs> that is absolutely right. You you really should not do that. Spend any of your money prior to that. You should be basically have a clean sheet and don't put any speck of liquid or anything on it when you're trying to buy a house. Um, I do have a question for William, though. I've uh, okay. I've heard this. I've read this morning two two different articles, uh, but one says, um, in particular, related to the credit score, that liens and ju- liens judgment in medical bills are going to be excluded from scoring. Is that true? I tell people this all the time. <clears throat> the Fair Credit Reporting Act was created by Congress in 1970, and I'm still in business today because the credit reporting agencies just refuse to abide by those laws. Any new laws that come come into the industry, I tell people, take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, the credit reporting agencies are supposed to abide by these particular laws, but do they really? They don't. That's the problem. They don't. Even like um, you said, the liens and judgments and what collect medical uh, and medical bills. They medical want them bills. excluded okay. from there. Yeah, yeah, they're supposed to be removing them. First of all, if, if you look at the Fair Credit Reporting Act, they're not supposed to be putting them on there in the first place until they verify it with the consumer. Yet and still, since 1970, the information. Not even mysteriously, the information has appeared on people's credit reports on a daily, hourly basis. So they're not, if, they didn't, if they're not abiding by the Fair Credit Reporting Act, which has been in existence for over 30, 40 years, then a new law is nothing to them as well. So I tell the consumers, the consumer, you must be proactive. Bear, checking your credit report on a daily basis, regardless of what these laws, these new laws that have developed, because people can't keep up with the new laws. So... Just use the Fair Credit Reporting Act and use that to enforce uh, keeping your credit report up to par. So when I say that, I'm talking about, you said liens, judgments, medical collections. Nothing should be on the credit report until the credit reporting agency verifies it with the consumer. And nobody out there that's listening today has been contacted by a credit reporting agency. You never have and you never will right. because they're not going to abide by that law. So I'm a, that's why I've been in business for over 20 years cleaning up people's credit because the credit reporting agencies refuse to abide by old laws new laws, and upcoming laws. To cut small costs for them. <laughs> right, right. So it's, it's just it's interesting that, that, uh, th- that they came up with that. But even, I, I could go on and on about this, but they've got another thing. Well, we've got an hour. Go ahead. But, but the, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you said about the, the inquiries on there. Um, inquiries, once again, before the credit reporting agency, when the credit reporting agency receives it, prior to putting it on your report, they must contact the consumer, make sure that the consumer did actually initiate that inquiry. They haven't done that, okay? But the inquiries do have an impact on that score. So you, when you go to closing or whatever and you bought that, you financed that TV screen or whatever the case may be, the, still the credit reporting agency has violated the law by putting it on there so the person can still get it off. But I know at the time of closing, it's like, okay, well, that, that lowered your score. We're going to have to back off and uh, come back at a later date, but, I guess. But that's kind of double on me. I've always disagreed with that stupid thing okay so i'm shopping for a car i'm shopping for a house i'm shopping for this and then every time i pull a report i mean right now like as a as a business person everything i do falls back on my personal guarantees so there is millions of inquiries on my credit report because every time we sign something it's on on me personally i don't think an inquiry should be against your credit score that's that's crap what even about like a temporary drop you know something Mm -hmm. that's not gonna last you know you Usually, I know that I heard anytime you checked into your credit score or anything like that, you lose a point right off the bat. 
Well, you I can do it's two two points minimum. Two, two points minimum between two to ten points per inquiry per pool. Okay, per so I mean that's even if he's personally pulling his own credit. That's a hard inquiry only. There's a soft inquiry and a hard inquiry. Okay, soft inquiries are usually promotional pools. The hard inquiry is what the consumer initiates. That's what deducts supposedly. That's what deducts points on a score. When I'm doing the credit restoration for people, I go after both promotional inquiries or soft and hard inquiries. Okay. Because I just don't trust the credit reporting agencies. They don't do anything right. They don't follow any laws. And all this information out there, it, it, I mean, it's just that they're not going to follow it. So the consumer has to enforce it. So I help the consumers to enforce their rights. Very good. Fair credit reporting. Let's put a pin in that for a second. I do want to have a shout-out to the Maids Cleaning Service who sponsored this segment. They do a great job cleaning up uh, Brandon's real estate properties. It's a 24-hour, 100% satisfaction guaranteed by the Maids Cleaning Service. They are referred for a reason. Uh, again, if you're just tuning in, I am Anthony Puglisi, filling in for Brandon Rhymes here with Abe Musa and William Crowley. And we'll be back with you right after this. This is Warwick Dunn, and you're listening to the Real Estate Quarterback Show, hosted by my man, Brandon Rhymes. To get in touch with Brandon, call 813-670-7372, online at ConsumerQB.com. You're listening to the Consumer Quarterback, Brandon Rhymes. Cutting through your typical media nonsense and offering you a rational and unbiased perspective on current events and life in Tampa Bay. Online at ConsumerQB.com. Welcome back, Consumer Quarterback Show. I am Anthony Puglisi filling in for the Brandon Rhymes. Got a little uh, entertainment there coming back from the break with a little nice little dance there by William Crowley. <laughs> and Appreciate that. <laughs> uh, like I thought to- it was the accent. That's why it wasn't responding no. to me or something. But I was saying, huh, huh, huh. Uh, he was in the zone. <laughs> I'd like to give a shout out to Michael Lasinko. He is our safe money coach and financial advisor here for the Consumer Quarterback Show. He's a fiduciary and an expert in all types of investing options. You can text review to 813-670-7372 for a free checkup from the neck up on your retirement plan. Again, text R-E-V-I-E-W to 813-670-7372 and make sure your nest egg is in good hands. So when we went to break, we were pretty deep into a uh, credit discussion about a couple different changes going on. And one of the things that I wanted to actually bring up to you is about the liens. For you know, They're saying they're going to take liens off of counting against your credit score, but the way I look at it is, is I can afford to pay for this car. Okay. Let's say I can afford to pay for this Kia, this $20,000 Kia for just for example. But if you don't know that I have that lien, what's stopping me for going, uh, getting another car that I can't afford two cars, but now can I get them on my, with, with, with that issue? You talking about the liens are, you talking about a car or a lien? When you say a lien, the lien is like a negative issue on the credit report. Okay, okay, it's not just a loan against it. Well, it's, it's a loan against it, but there, there's a whole. But you've defaulted on it already. Yeah, we're talking about. I'm talking okay. about def- default. Default judgment. Okay. Yeah, I was yeah. I was under the wrong impression that's okay. there. That, that's good. Good dumb question. I like. <laughs> that's I like what I'm the... here for. I'm full of dumb questions. <laughs> right. Okay, but let me let me try to work with you here on this. But uh, that's an informed so question. The, the... <laughs> Come Be on. quiet, Abe. I can hear okay. you now. All right. <laughs> hey, get I got my mic on up. now. But anyway, uh, on on. 
the original collectors work like this, okay? And some a lot that's that's how a lot of items turn into liens and judgments on your credit report because it's a debt that a person's been released of when the original creditor charges the debt off. Now, of course, the consumer initiates it by non-payment, usually after ninety to one hundred eighty days. Then the account charges off. Okay, the original creditor will no longer contact anyone because everyone has been released of the obligation to the debt because the charge off means that the creditor got a tax a tax what insurance write off tax write off or whatever the case may be nevertheless just keep in mind just know for sure that the debt's satisfied because the original creditor discontinues communication okay but then lo and behold the, they put the, the 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 um original creditor puts the paper on the market which is actually kind of a shady area because they've already the debt's been satisfied through the charge off they can't turn around and sell this paper but they're doing that now when the consumer is alerted that uh look we've got it's come to our attention that uh you owe Bank of America five thousand dollars they've charged it off Bank of America's not calling you anymore I'm representing you I'm representing them okay. they're not really representing them what they've done is bought the debt and they're playing with words okay and then they send you documentation saying hey listen it's come to our attention that you owe the original creditor five thousand uh, dollars we're here to collect on that then they have down to the bottom kind of smaller print. If you wish to dispute the validity of this debt, you may do so within 30 business days. They don't want and, you to see that, though. Right. They don't want you to see that because then you're saying, well, why would I dispute a debt that's mine? Because they know that the debt doesn't really belong to you because it's been charged off by the original creditor. So they're CYA. I don't know if I can say it on the radio, but they're <laughs> CYA. If you know what that means, <laughs> covering their eh, assets. So the uh, the uh, collectors come at you, come at the credit, I mean, come at the debtors aggressively. Okay, to try to collect on this debt. And the, what does the, the uh, consumer do? Usually they say, ah, they toss it in the trash, they ignore them. That's when the information becomes judgments and liens because you're ignoring a debt that you don't owe in the first place. Okay. Then when it becomes developed, turns into a lien or a judgment, now it's a real debt again, and they're going to hold that against you, and now you have to satisfy this debt. And I tell clients all the time, don't ever pay a collector, but don't ever ignore the collector either. Right. Issue a validation of debt because this is somebody knocking at your door saying that you owe some money, then you need to address it because if you don't owe it, then you need to let that uh, collector know, hey, listen, I don't owe this debt. So a validation of debt is a legal document that's demanding the original note and telling the collector, show me where I borrowed money from you. Show me show me the contract that I have, not a copy of the contract because any I can anybody can have a copy. Show me the original contract that I signed with you where I borrowed this particular money or had this particular service done by you. Right. The collector has no, nothing. So that's where a lot of those liens and judgments come into play. Then you got medical collections. I'm not telling people not to pay their debts, okay, even with the original creditors, but medical collection, pay your debts. Right. Okay, but things happen. Well, in the medical field, it's a whole different ballgame because essentially you could say – all I can afford to pay you is $20 a month, mm-hmm. and they have to be cool with that. Well, they're, they're supposed to be cool with that, but a lot of them Well, they're all, of course, that. they're going to try so to talk you, you into paying more. Dollar a month. But see, a medical collection hospital, most hospitals are nonprofit, so they have to charge you $30 for an aspirin anyway. They have to show a loss at the end of the year. So most of the time, people say, well, listen, they charge me way too much. So that's why I'm not going to pay you this debt. Okay, I tell people, any debt, unsecured debt, that is, then let it go. You know, uh, 90 to 180 days, if you can't pay it, you can't pay it. So wait till it charges off. Let's make sure that the original creditors are taken care of. And then we can deal with the collectors with the validation of debt. That goes for medical collections as well. I write these all the time for clients across the country. I say, listen, don't, 
don't be a deadbeat and just ignore them because this 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 debt that's not real is going to turn into a real debt if you don't address it. If you read that right. documentation, it tells you if you wish to dispute the validity of this debt, you you should do so within 30 days. And for the most part, it's not just going to go away because even no. in that whole situation, they can sell it to even another company who exactly. will start calling you all over again. Mm-hmm. It's a lucrative industry. Listen, here, I've even thought about abdicating my responsibility as a, as a, a credit repair specialist, a credit restoration specialist. And saying, listen, I'm going to start buying, <laughs> buying debt and, and going after people because most people don't believe me, first of all. And then they think that, well, I did owe the debt. I said, you did owe the debt. You no longer owe the debt. That's just a collector with a spreadsheet that bought the debt for pennies on the dollar. And they're going to give you 50% off or more and, and, and uh, you know tell you that all these wonderful things about it's going to raise your credit score and we're going to take this off your credit, which neither of the two happen. But they're going to tell you all these wonderful things and try to get you to pay. But they've quadrupled their investment right there. You know, they bought it for three as much as three cents on the dollar. That's about as high as they go as three cents on the dollar. Wow. Then they give you a fifty percent discount and you're saying Yahoo when you didn't owe anything in the first place. And, and and some of those deals you can even avoid because you can make that deal with the original lender before they go ahead and sell that note. They'd love to make a deal with you if you owe just for example a thousand dollars, there's if you pay all up front six hundred bucks. It can happen like that, correct? Yeah, but it doesn't doesn't look too great on the credit report because it then it's going to show settled for less than the original amount, okay. and so that's a negative mark, just like a short sale. It's a le- negative mark because you didn't meet your your real obligation or you fu- you didn't fulfill your complete obligation. So you had to do a short sale, or you bought it for you paid off less than what the amount was. Okay. So be careful with that as well. You know, I I, I love what he's saying, <laughs> and it's awesome to correct them after the fact, but. Then can we tell consumers as well that maybe you shouldn't be there from the first place? I mean, I understand medical bills. I really do. But when we're talking about $1,000, come on now. Yes, oh, everybody makes I mean, bad investment and goes to hell, but not, not for little monies. A, I think you should do that. A minimal payment on $1,000 is going to be, what, $30, $40 a month for a minimal right, payment right. on a credit card or something like that? I mean, yes, you are so 100% correct with that. So the advice is not to have a responsible consumers. It's just that when somebody bad on his luck, they should re- use William McCorley for this. But for the most part, they really should pay their obligations. Right. Exactly. Um, no, let me, let me reiterate that once again, too, like I said earlier. I'm not encouraging consumers. To not pay their debts. Pay your debts, okay? Don't be a deadbeat. Pay your debts, okay? But if you fall into a certain situation, instead of filing for bankruptcy, which most of the people that file bankruptcy don't have to, okay, because they're filing bankruptcy on debts that are already charged off by the original creditor, okay? And it's just a collector. So you file a bankruptcy because the collector's coming after you, and you don't, you say, well, I'm not going to issue a validation of debt. I'm just going to go file bankruptcy. Right. I mean, yeah, everybody trips and falls and needs help mm-hmm. up every once in right. a while. That's so, you know. And then, you know, you'd be that guy to lend the hand out there, but just don't fall and trip in the hole again. Yeah, don't keep doing it. Don't abuse abuse the system, even though the system is abusing you. <laughs> That's a good point right there. No, it's not. <laughs> no? No. You're not There's, digging that? I, we're not I, talking yeah, about I, the I, system here. Yeah. The system got us here. Look, mm-hmm. it's not perfect, but it's near perfection. Then I, well, nothing's going to be perfect. Exactly. It's not going to happen. All right. Again, I want to shout out to Michael Lysenko, our Save Money Coach and Financial Advisor. Text REVIEW to 813-670-7372. Make sure your nest egg is in good hands. I am Anthony Puglisi filling in for Brandon Rhymes. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, all the social media jazz. Check out our new and improved website at ConsumerQB.com. Good way to connect with all of our partners. We'll see you after the break. Hey, everybody, I'm Forbes Riley, celebrity TV fitness host and creator of The Spin Gym. I'm here today with Brandon Rhymes, and you're listening to The Consumer Quarterback Show. Great ways to get happy, healthy, and wealthy.
To get in touch with Brandon, call 813-670-7372. Online at ConsumerQB.com. Listening to the Consumer Quarterback, Brandon Rhymes, online at consumerqb.com. Brandon is Tampa Bay's number one consumer advocate for real estate and financial advice. Call Brandon today at 813-670-7372. Welcome back, Consumer Quarterback Show in your ear holes. My name is Anthony Puglisi, filling in for Brandon Rhymes. I'd like to give a shout-out to our official hotel partner of the Consumer Quarterback Show, the Kipton's Hotel Zamora on beautiful St. Pete Beach. is the first new hotel built on St. Pete Beach in decades, where Spanish ancestry meets cool Mediterranean attitude. It's a whitewashed Mediterranean palace, and it's got expansive luxury suites, balconies overlooking the Gulf of Mexico. You can enjoy yoga on the weekends, karaoke Thursday nights, or you can just grab a drink and relax on the 360 rooftop that has breathtaking views. So I uh, mentioned you heard them on here on the Consumer Quarterback Show. You can get uh, 10 to 20% off of your room rate, depending on the time of year. Not a bad deal. 10 to 20%. Yeah, wow, you get okay. a nice little staycation over there. Like I said, they got that, that whole rooftop going yeah. with the bar up there and everything. It's Real nice. nice, especially around sunset time. What's with the sunset and everybody keep mentioning the sunset? I mean, don't it's you romantic, people see that eh? 365 times a year? A year? Why well, is no. it so special? Sometimes you're inside. You're not always on the water. Oh, okay, well, it happened hundreds of thousands of times than in your lifetime. I mean, what is so special about the sunset? Oh, come on. You've never taken your wife out, seen the sunset? That's okay, romantic. great, once, twice, but then not every freaking day everybody talk oh, about hey, it. Some of us aren't married. We still got some sunsets oh, left in us. Oh, my just saying, guys. Just saying. Hey, already said he's going to disagree to everything we say. So. Yeah, I will, too. I will find we, something. I tell him you hate the sunshine. He said, no, I love it. What's Man, those sunsets are so awesome. <laughs> yeah, the awesome. They're so awesome. <laughs> All right. Just in case you don't know, we are here with Abe Musa and William Crowley. And I'm going to talk to Abe a little bit now. Uh, Abe, your story has always fascinated me. You know, American dream, pretty much the epiphany of it. You came over. You Thank opened you. up a business, it became successful, and you moved on to what now is... Well, you didn't really move on because you still have the restaurant. Yes, I do. And, you know, you do the Total Title Solutions now. What made you decide that you wanted to go from owning a restaurant to getting into title work? Just owning a restaurant is just a business. But the uh, title work, believe it or not, it was a personal experience. Um, I went to close with this title company. I couldn't get in there until early in the morning or late in the afternoon, and it was just would not accommodate me. Okay. So I wanted to pull out of the deal, and then they decided they're going to accommodate me at another time. And when I got there, they shoved the paperwork in my face, and here you go, and left. So you I did. said, hell with you guys. I'll start my own. I could do a better job than you, and I did. Uh, to and, me, a, a big part of when I do anything, whether it's buying something small to making a purchase like a house or something like that, I want to know that the people I'm dealing with are personable, that... They can understand maybe where I'm coming from, and I can understand where they're coming from. I could feel like they're a real person rather than just 
robot here, like you said, well, throwing the paper at you, sign it and get out. But I don't think that's exactly. I don't think that's fair. Just because you've been doing that job for a very long time, you should not be jaded or cynical toward the person that buy or sell a house for the first time in their life. Right. And they don't give you that much time. We assume again, okay, we, you know, William was talking about consumers. You know, some consumers, yes, are really not good consumers, but that's the minority of them. The majority of the consumers, and that what that's what makes us run. I mean, keeps us running. Is they're good people. They're just misinformed. Of course, I don't like the even the word that earlier you guys used. Stupid question. Is the reason it's just misinformed because we don't do this day in day out. And I feel that we as professionals have a fiduciary obligation and responsibilities to protect your money well, and help you. I I feel like everybody in this room right now is doing what they love to do. Besides, obviously, any money or anything like that, I know that I love doing what I'm doing. And it makes me have no problem spreading my wisdom to somebody. Like you're saying, you know, people are coming in for the first time. They're buying their first house. They've just gone through this whole huge experience of finding the house, of getting finance, of everything else like that. And they're getting ready for closing. It's nerve-wracking. You know, they, they're going to have questions. They're not going to know the process because they've never done it before. So, And even if you've done it before, it's not like you... Buying a burger every day, even true. if you've done Very it before, true. you forget and things change. Like seven, eight, nine years later, things have changed. There is always question and consumers or people that are buying or selling should not fear um, retaliation or some sort of a stupid answer because they ask the question that the other person is so cynical about their job. Right. If I have three questions for you and the first question I ask you, you yeah. make me sound like I'm inferior or like essentially less intelligent because I don't know your line of work. Exactly. I, I don't know that process. If I asked you that first question, I had three questions and I feel <laughs> lower after asking the first question. Why am I going to ask the next two? You know, Anthony, the, the, the way we've done things differently than most companies in any business, by the way, and it's not about the restaurant, the title or other, other businesses I have. It's about consumer and product and everything else in between. But the the point behind helping the customers, okay, is that it should not be our the customer's fault or the consumer's fault because we're busy, right? right. Like I've always had this argument with my staff, and it's, it's like, okay, so William wants to close at nine o'clock. Oh, William, I'm sorry, we cannot close at nine o'clock because we're booked. How is that his fault again? So you're gonna punish William for your success? That's kind of stupid. It's like, all right, well, let's get some more people in. So we continue on staffing our company so William does not have to be basically told, no, we cannot do it because we're too successful for you. We're never going to get to that point. All right, and that makes him feel like his business isn't as important as the other person's business. And it shouldn't be, yes. I completely agree with and that. And- I, I, there's another thing. like it's, it's I've changed the idea or I changed the, the – um, yeah, you're right, William. I would disagree with almost anyone how it works. <laughs> so, I disagree. Yes, I do. <laughs> so, so there was a notion one time is that um, we need to close at your house, let's say, or outside our office. And the closers at the time, this is when I first began with the company, they were going to charge the, the customer $150 extra for going. It's called mobile closing. I said, but hold on. It's like, why are you doing that? Well, we have to send somebody to do it. I said, because of your our inability as a company not to have a, a corner office in every corner, that we're going to punish the consumer for going to his house? Because that, somebody has to meet with them that they should have been doing already anyway. Yes, or because I don't have an office in every corner like, you know, M. Scott or somebody else. So I'm going to punch the kid. I said, no, don't charge them. Well, you know how much money you're going to lose? It's like, 
Yeah, I do. But you know how much our business grew? We got seven offices. We're about to add the eighth one now. And we grew to the 10th largest in the state of Florida. I don't know anything about title. Well, it's a great attitude to have because say, let's say just throwing out a number out there, you lose $100 because you have to go do that on five different deals. But you pick up two more deals because people see that you're willing to work with them. They want somebody who's going to make their life easier, that's going to make that closing process easier. And, you know, uh, John over here tells me, oh, I worked with Abe, and they really worked with me on my time schedule and made my life easier when it came time to closing. And I'm like, well, you know what? I'm going to get a house, too. I'm going to go to Abe. Well, you know what? Earlier, we were talking about this, these people that lost $458,000 in one of his scams. But the fact that the matter is if we gave the consumer the time to ask their questions and they don't feel the repercussion of, like you said, oh, am I asking the stupid question or I feel inferior? They probably would have explained the process to them and said, hey, you know what? You should really order a search. It may help you a lot. Don't be sometime, you know, penny foolish and I mean, uh, dollar foolish and However, the damn thing is, help me out here. So anyway, what I'm saying is spend the money to save the big money instead of saving $150 and you lost $458,000. I mean, that was really what was out in the paper. And William, everybody read about it, right? Yeah. And just because it's not mechanical, like, for example, with a car, you get an oil change done so you don't mess up your engine. You pay the $25 now to make sure you don't have to pay $3,000 later. Right. And on a larger scale, it's essentially what you're just talking about well, right now. Furthermore, I want to do this. And this is something I've always, of course, disagreed, William, with consumers. <laughs> like I've always really disagreed with this. When you're talking about a large financial statement like this or anything to do with financial, whether it's my financial advisor or buying a house or repairing credit, I want somebody that has an office, that has employees, that has skin in the game, that's not going to just pack up his stuff and leave tomorrow when things goes bad. I want to hold these people responsible. So just to my surprise sometime, people will spend all kind of money online with somebody they never touched. It's like, what what is the matter with you people? Come on, you can't do that. You You can't. And I'm not saying the people behind that phone in a different state, they're not trustworthy, but they don't have as much skin in the game. You don't have that much um, re- um, recourses from it. If I get up and leave tomorrow, if I'm working out of my van, I'll just drive my van to another place. You're not going to find me. Right. So this is why I always say to consumers, is like you want to do business with somebody, go to a brick and mortar business. We're not talking retail. We're not talking Amazon here. We're talking your financial future. Please go to somebody that you can talk to and survey their location. Do they have employees or are they a sole proprietor? Right. That's I mean, a big question. And I know I'm bringing up cars apparently a lot, even though I'm not even huge into the cars, but it's the same thing. You go to buy a car, you want to test drive it before you do. You're making an even bigger purchase here and people aren't test driving. Well, I have one further for you on this one. A friend of mine called me. He's a cop, intelligent guy, four years degree. Calls me up and says, I'm buying this, this car from Virginia, but I'm not sure you know how to do the transaction. And I was like, well, how do you know these people's going to send you the car when you send them the money? You know, he's asking me about wire. It's like, I don't know. I said, well, I have a solution for you on this one. First of all, you shouldn't do it. Fly there and, and go there. But if you must, really, I said, let me hold the money and ask her for you. Okay. And we'll t- tell the, t- the the car people to send us the title. We'll hold the title and the money in escrow until we get the card and we'll release the money in the transaction. Right. And that's really another way of doing it. But I cannot believe you're buying a car you haven't seen and out of state and you're going to wire them the money. That doesn't make any sense to me either. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, but and then again, we in we in the age of this technology now, social media and everything. I do I do my credit restoration in all fifty states around the country. So I'd say over seventy, eighty percent of my clients I don't even see. So you know, I, I see what you're saying, Abe, but I always disagree. Me and Abe always disagree with each other since we've been known each other for the last I'd... five minutes. Yep. <laughs> but, but I mean, this long, beautiful you know, relationship I... <laughs> of disagreeing with each other. <laughs> right. But, you know, like I said, that's my business is I, I do it with, I don't even see most of my clients because I don't need to see the clients. I need to see the credit report. So that's what I'm working on. The and you, but, but what's the risk of doing business with you? Um, yeah, 500 bucks? A thousand dollars? Whatever that risk. But when we're talking. Four hundred fifty-eight thousand dollars. That's a huge oh, risk. Do that your guy, research. Right? Yeah. Like the guy with the car. He didn't yeah. get the car, though, right? Oh, what? Did he get the car? Not yet. I'm, we're gonna fly on Monday. Oh, okay. So you convinced oh. them to actually go look at it. Yeah. God, yeah. All right. Police officer. That's real smart. <laughs> gotcha. No, he he really is a smart. But you know, that's the point. Is there is no such thing as a stupid thing. Just misinformed. He's an intelligent guy, right? Yeah. He just did not understand the whole thing. It is a bit more trusting. All right. Well. Coming up next in our feel-good segment, uh, we have a story about one police officer who went above and beyond the call of duty for a child in need. Uh, Make sure you hear this great story when we come back, as well as our top 10 list, the top 10 best-selling infomercial products of all time. Make sure you check us out. This is Consumer Quarterback Show, ConsumerQB.com. Hey, this is Grant Cardone, and you're listening to Consumer Quarterback Show, hosted by my friend Brandon Rhymes. Do not touch that dial. I'll come right through the radio and grab your throat. To get in touch with Brandon, call 813-670-7372, online at ConsumerQB.com. You're listening to the Consumer Quarterback, Brandon Rhymes, cutting through your typical media nonsense and offering you a rational and unbiased perspective on current events and life in Tampa Bay. Online at ConsumerQB.com. All right. Welcome back, Consumer Quarterback Show. I am Anthony Puglisi filling in for Brandon Rhymes. He is out on vacation right now. This segment here is sponsored by our partner, Signature Massage and Facial Spa. If you're looking for a place to get a massage or facial at an affordable price, but without having to sign up for a membership, you can look no further than Signature Massage and Facial Spa. They offer a one-hour sweetest massage for $49.95, always with no contract. You can come in during early bird hours and even receive an additional $10 off. There, you'll receive a professional massage at a great price. And that's for those muscles, you know, and knots that need extra work. Acts about getting a deep tissue or sports massage. If skin care is what you're looking for, they have amazing facial and microderm packages. So check out Signature Massage and Facial Spa. It's at 11248 West Hillsboro Avenue in Tampa, 33635. Or call 813-925-8898 to schedule an appointment today. Uh, again, let me fill you in in case you're just tuning in. I am Anthony Puglisi here with... Abraham Musa and William Crowley. We've had a lot of good discussions today, but I want to uh, take a break here and tell you about a police officer who went above and beyond the call of duty for a child in need for our Tell Me Something Good segment. All right. So in 2015, a police officer, Jody Thompson, said he was pulling into the parking lot of work when he got a call of child abuse. Okay. Uh, he said, I thought I would respond to the call with an on with on off on duty officers to see if I could give any kind of assistance. It was at that moment when Thompson arrived that he met his future son, actually. 
He responded with quite a bit of emotion when asked at what point he knew he would never leave the eight-year-old side. He said, when I see him, when I see him in that house, I knew. So uh, Steve, Police Chief Stephen Froon explained what happened in the child abuse case. Based on some of the case facts, when we found him, he was bound by his hands and feet with rope and had been submerged in a trash can and held in a shower. They weren't feeding him. He didn't have much to eat. I don't think that he did get to eat anywhere but at school. And he had bruises from head to toe. So investigators said the little boy was taken to the hospital by Officer Thompson, who stayed with him the entire time he was in the intensive care unit. And the rest is kind of history, Thompson said. Thompson and his wife adopted John Thompson, and gave him a life where they say he excels. Uh, you know, that you would think that would be enough, but actually they heard that he had a sister born by the, you know, his same birth mother gave bo- uh, birth to a little girl, and they actually adopted his sister as well. So that's our feel-good story of the day. And you're giving me goosebump here. I'm, I'm glad you're saying that story on the air because the cops lately getting a lot of bad rap, so we need some good ones. Right. I Actually, there was another story that I just heard about that just happened here, and locally, I believe it was, where it may not have been locally, so I shouldn't say it that. It doesn't matter, as long as they're police officers, because police, there's a lot of good ones. There was a, a bunch of people in the neighborhood having a party. They set up a slip and slide on the road. Have you heard this yet? And essentially, you know, a bunch of kids and stuff having the party, going on the slip and slide. Well, somebody called and said that they were blocking the road. Cops came, saw they weren't blocking the road, and not only did they leave them alone, they joined in. They got on the slip and slide <laughs> See, with them. great. I mean, those are great yeah. stories. And Do you know how good? That looks so good to children because the children are like, wow, these are real people. You know what I mean? I don't have to be scared of them. And I know a lot of times when I was growing up, not that I was scared of, of uh, an officer of the law, but, you know, anytime you did something wrong, your parents gave you that threat. Do you want to go to jail for that? You want me to call the cops on you? You know what I mean? Man, I would sue your parent for abuse. That's abuse. <laughs> Man, what? You can't, they, they can't tell you that. No, listen, I, I'm glad you're touching on, on, on the cops, but I happen to be friends with many of them. I grew up here. I grew up among them. The jobs that I've had, it always kind of dragged me around that scene. And man, I am sorry to hear that the lack of respect for law enforcement because I, 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 as a foreigner or as someone that was not born here, I would want you to know life without it. I, I can't imagine life without police officer or laws or, or law and order on any street, despite of all the negative uh, press that the cops have had lately. Well, it's unfortunate that the negative you <laughs> I know, think the outshines the small amount of negative outshines the positive. And like, yeah. like you said, William, the media, a lot the of the media, media has a lot to do with it. Lot a story like that about the cops joining in on a slip and slide isn't as big as the story right. of the cop beating down somebody who right. didn't deserve it. Yeah. Right. All yeah. right. So now let's get into our top 10 list. Oh, all right. So I'm going to make our, you guess you this. It's the top 10 best selling infomercial products of all time, according to richest.com. Aib, I'm going to start with you. What? Good, oh, good. I didn't get a chance to what? Google it. Yet. I, I, that's why I'm going to start with you. William looked a little scared over there, and I saw you getting your phone ready, so I wanted to hit you up first. Oh, my Lord. Um, ten top infomercial. Well, I don't watch much TV, but that Foreman guy, I don't know, he was selling a grill or something? George Foreman. George Foreman the George yes. Foreman grill is number four on the list. See? There you go. Just like that. That's all there is to it, with Omaha, an annual Omaha. revenue of $202 million. For they, that grill? Well, it's not, it doesn't cost $202 million. That's what they're making no, no, per but year. Sold that. Oh, wow. Yep. Former heavyweight boxing champion George Foreman invented the George Foreman grill. Well, you know, 
he didn't really invent it, but yeah. he, he put his, his name, name behind it. it. Foreman lent his name to inventors of the they lean, mean, fat-reducing grilling machine. Yeah, they came to me first, and I turned it down. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Whoops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All, All right, right, William. Oh. Don't make me budget. I, oh, I did Google. Let's see. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't Come on, infomercials. Everybody's had them nights where they couldn't see. Are you uh, working? Uh, okay, real estate, I guess. I don't know. Real estate infomercials. They got the guys there. Oh, That's not God. even a specific one. How'd I'm you buzzing get you that on out that. Of that, William. Of course, I'm going to disagree with you on that <laughs> one. <laughs> All right, Abe. Give me a right answer. On what? We'll give him an extra minute to think about the next one. <laughs> oh, uh, another infomercial for real? Yeah. Um, Best-selling infomercial <laughs> products. I don't know. Rogaine. Rogaine, I don't know that that was necessarily ever a thing. They had the, they had, back in the day, they had the spray for the hair. Oh, yeah. And okay, I know, okay. that was a big I know, one. I know, Flex, Flex thing, that uh, thing that fixes everything from both. Oh, uh, the Flex day. Seal, I think, it's, I, think it. it's, I think it's too new, so it wasn't on this oh, list. Okay. So, I'm not going to leave you good, alone on the good. buzz, don't so worry. Dave got two and I got one. No, I got one. The other one was wrong. He got one, you got none. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh man, I don't know. I mean, I don't even watch infomercials. I mean, I heard about uh, what's the thing that they do on that show thing that um, I don't know. <laughs> it's cold Clothing? outside. It was real big a couple of years ago. I'm giving you a big hint for number eight. A coat? <laughs> I don't know. Man. All right, I'm going to round up the top 10 here, okay? Number 10 is the Thigh Master with total sales of $100 million. Remember with Suzanne Summers? Seasley, no. All right. Okay. Number nine, I know you got to remember number nine, Sweating to the Oldies. And even if I did know, I wouldn't admit to that one, by the way. I was going to say exercising, too. Number eight that I was trying to give you the hint to is the Snuggie. Total sales approximately $400 It's the blanket with the sleeves. I think I have one of those. Yeah, you probably have it, right? 20 years. Number seven is the Pet Egg. An infomercial that actually made me sick because I don't like the feet pet at egg? all. Ped egg, uh-huh. essentially a cheese grater for your feet, is okay. the best way to best so way to describe I don't, it. I don't know what you're talking about. You're I making me sound me. like a phone or more. What is it again? Pet egg. You, do you actually you grab you grab this thing? You have it on your feet. You scrape the dead skin off your feet right to make ahead. them soft. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's, I move on. No, no good. <laughs> all right, number six, the Showtime rotisserie. No. <laughs> number five was the Bowflex. No, nothing. Four you got with the George Foreman girl. Three nice. is the total gym, you know, with Chuck Norris. I said exercising, didn't I? No, you didn't. You didn't say anything. <laughs> number two, P90X. See, I can't accept exercising. That's too broad of a term. <laughs> and then number one, proactive. I know you've heard of that. The the face stuff? No. Wow. I just heard about proactive by my coom- See, these guys are so busy that they don't even watch TV. They don't right, know nothing right. about this. Not Proof that they are... Stuck in their trade, for sure. Hey, we're asleep at that time. That too, yes. It is too late in the night. Yeah. Right, I know Brandon likes to do lightning round. I'll throw one out to you real quick. We got a minute to go. The lightning round! That's all you get when I'm not playing the whole thing. <laughs> William Crowley. Proactive. I want my consumers to be proactive. Oh, I love it. What a tie-in. <laughs> Being proactive. Knowing about, you know, knowing about the Fair Credit Reporting Act. Read the Fair Credit Reporting Act out there, folks. Be proactive, okay? I'm tired of hearing consumers are victims all the time. A lot of times consumers make themselves victims by not going out and pursuing the free knowledge that's readily available. That's a good point. And Abe, I'm, I'm going to tag on to the proactive as well. And you say, please do your homework, ask more questions. 
do your research before you invest in buying and or selling a property. Great. Uh, that's going to do it for us today. I am Anthony Puglisi filling in for Brandon Rhymes. Make sure you check out our website, consumerqb.com. You've been Just listening co- to the Consumer Quarterback, Brandon Rhymes. Whether it's real estate, consumer, or financial advice, let Brandon call your next play. Contact Brandon Rhymes at 813-670-7372. That's 813-670-7372. Online at ConsumerQB.com. And join us next time for the Consumer Quarterback Show. Weekday afternoons at 5 on AM 1380. The Biz.